Welcome to the Dear Fat, You Don't Own Me podcast, episode 22, Why Dieting is So Hard When You Are Secretly Unhappy. Well, the fact that you're listening to this podcast at all means that you're, there's probably some part of your life that you wish that you were happy about. And by the end of this, I think that you're going to have a completely different perspective that will help you take the next step towards building a happier, healthier, and more productive life. But first of all, I want to start with a story that blew my mind a couple days ago. I heard something on TV that I absolutely never would have guessed that this fact was true. I was so stunned when I heard it. So I want to give you a little backstory so that the story will make sense when I tell it to you, uh, at least when we get to the important part. So in addition to being an entrepreneur and a, a world traveler and a writer and a scuba diver and a hang glider and all the other things that I'm involved in constantly trying to live my best life, I am also very interested in the stock market. I love investing. And obviously right now, this is a scary time for a lot of people because the market has been pummeled during the first half of 2022. People are scared, they're afraid for their money, and they're praying for the day when, they're, when the stock market will stop crashing every other day and their 401ks, 401ks will actually start making money again. Well, the deal is, I love every part of this crazy, unpredictable business of buying and trading and investing in equities. I love it. I like the research. I like the inefficiencies. And I'm amazed at the trends that move the market that shouldn't sometimes. And if you learn how these efficiencies work and understand the market psychology, you can do really well during times like this. But you must learn the psychology of people and other investors to have that kind of success. Investing successfully is more than about picking good companies. It's about how people act. It's, it's about the psychology of it. So the other day I'm listening to one of the TV hosts, and you've probably heard of him. He, his name's Jim Cramer on TV, and he's talking about this stock called Constellation Brands, which sells premium beer, wine, and spirits. They are the company that sells Corona beer and Modelo beer and other kinds of different wine and, and some, uh, like I said, some upbrand uh, hard alcohol. By the way, not to get too far off track, how in the world did the Corona um, beer survive? <laughs> I can't even believe that is still on the market after the coronavirus. In the 1980s, I remember there was a uh, when, the, in, when the AIDS virus took the world by all that scared us all to death, there was this candy. It was a diet supplement on the market, and it was called AIDS. Now, obviously, that company didn't make it. Nobody was going to eat AIDS chocolate to lose weight, and yet, somehow Corona beer made it just fine through the coronavirus epidemic. I, it just it blows my mind. Anyhow, I digress. Back to the story. So I'm listening to this TV commentator, talk about stocks, and he's painting this ugly picture of the, the market. Housing starts are going down, everything is going up in price while rates are rising and people are getting laid off. It was truly a grim picture of the economy. And then he said, which means that we're probably going into a recession. In fact, he said we might even be in one now. So what you need to do is you need to go buy Constellation brand stock. Because in a recession, people drink more beer. Now, initially, I didn't take what he was saying seriously. That really sounded absurd to me. It sounds obvious, 
but it also sounded absurd because I, I just didn't believe it was true. And then I heard it again from somebody else, and then I read an article from somebody else, and before you know it, everybody's talking about investing in beer stocks because it is clear through history that people drink more beer in a recession. When people don't have money or financial security, they spend what money they have to buy beer. What? That didn't make any sense. I was totally amazed. It makes sense, but it doesn't. I like beer just as much as the next guy. My favorite is Guinness. I love Guinness. But I thought if there was anything that you could cut out to lower your spending when prices are high and you need to save money, it would be something like beer or soda or chips. And yet, when the economy starts to sputter, the people in the, that industry, they know that people drink more. All the other stocks crash, but the beer stocks go up. Why is that? Well, is it because people are thirstier during a recession? I don't think that's it. Is it because beer tastes better during a recession? I also don't think that's it. I mean, if you like beer, it always tastes good. But I think you know the answer. It's because people are unhappy and they're fearful about the present and about the future. And they're looking for an escape from the extra challenges that life brings when the economy is bad. And I hate that. I hate it when people are sad. People don't need to be sad because the world is harder. There's a better way. There's a way to handle that. You just got to learn it. Now, as of this recording, my company's been helping people lose weight and improve the quality of their lives over the last 17 years. And we help people in almost all 50 states and a handful of countries. In fact, right now, there are people on our plan across the world accomplishing things they've been trying to do for 10, 20, 30, even 50 years. Just a couple days ago, I posted a before and after picture on Facebook of a woman on our program who reached her goal weight at 79 years old. If you scroll down, you'll see teenagers that lost 70 pounds, as well as men and women in all age groups in between those two numbers. And if there's one thing that happens at the end of that journey when people take control of their health, it has become very obvious over all these years, no matter what is going on around them. When you take care of your health, people are measurably happier, significantly happier. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that losing weight is going to solve all your financial problems. I'm not saying that your marriage will be perfect once you lose weight. I'm not saying that you'll never have to go to the doctor or take any pills when you lose weight. But what I am saying is this. When you are unhappy, everything feels a little bit worse and everything is harder. The world looks uglier when you're unhappier, whether it's ugly or not. Now, before you get bummed out and think, well, thanks a lot, Tony. I already know everything is hard. My life sucks. Well, by the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you some tools that will help you bounce back if you feel this way. But before learning or even thinking about using those tools and before taking steps that will improve the quality of your life, there's one thing that you must understand. You are not alone and you never have been. When our program started 17 years ago, one thing that amazed me is how many people were taking depression medicine. It seemed to me when people are starting, like every person that started our program was taking depression medicine. It was a huge number. It wasn't everybody, but it was a lot. And over the years and the thousands of people, or the thousands, and I've actually done several thousand speeches over the years, meeting all kinds of people. Uh, in those speeches, I've said this many times, and that is 
If I was to estimate the number of people that I think are taking depression medicine in the United States, I might guess that it would be as high as 70%. Now, I don't know if that's accurate, but I do know this. We have a lot of people in the U.S. taking medication so they can get through the day. We have a lot of people in our country that drink alcohol excessively, especially when the economy is bad, as a way, like as a release, because life is too hard without the alcohol. We have a lot of people with drug problems and people who are addicted to ridiculous candy crush games, anything to get their mind off of the fact that they're just not happy with the way that their life is going. And at the same time, That is all going on prior to this pandemic, this epidemic. Prior to that, 72% of our nation are already overweight or obese. Many countries throughout the world are catching up with us, and some, you know, have passed. Well, years ago, I requested some information from the CDC because I was curious about how all this connected. And I was looking for the obesity rates over the last 30 years, as well as the depression statistics, during that same time, and I wanted them broken down by year and by state for 30 years. Well, after requesting this information, and they didn't get all of it, but they got a lot of it, and I was so surprised that they took my request seriously. Like, that sounded like a lot of work what I was asking for, and yet some very nice people communicated with me about this, and a couple weeks later they provided a bunch of that data, and the results were extraordinary. The two sets of statistics almost overlapped each other perfectly. The states with the highest obesity were also the states with the highest level of depression. People that didn't feel good were also not happy. Now, whenever I talk about depression, people who are depressed tell me, they get angry and they say, Tony, well, you don't understand. I'm clinically depressed. I get it. I hear you loud and clear. But I will tell you this. Everybody says that they are clinically depressed. And you might be, but you can't ignore the statistics. People in Hawaii and Colorado are some of the least overweight people and the most active. And in those places, they also have the lowest amount of depression. People who live in the most obese states like Mississippi and Alabama have higher depression rates and higher substance abuse rates. Now keep one thing in mind. These statistics that I got, they were all before the pandemic. We all know that the situation is worse. It's not better. I was talking to one of the coaches on my plan the other day, and and, uh, he's really more like a partner. And I I said, you know, people are unhappier than they, like we've ever seen them since we've been doing this. Why do you think it is? And we both agreed. It's because everything is so much more expensive. The world is changing. People can't figure out if they're working from home or they're going into the office. And now people are getting laid off. And we got this crazy dictator in Russia trying to take us back to the Middle Ages when one country just wipe out an entire civilization and gas prices are at the highest they've ever been. In the middle of all that, people are not in control of their health. No wonder they're not happy. And so you got to ask yourself, with all that going on, like, how's it even possible to be happy? Well, you'll be glad to know that if you've wished that your mental state was better than it is right now, there is hope. There's a way through this. We see it every single day. 
the first thing you have to do is get some perspective. And I'm not going to go into detail about this because I know your parents told you that when you were young that people were starving in Africa and, and you're better off than them and so you just should feel good. I know that you already know that, so I'm not going to go into that. Yet, that thought, all right, even though they gave that to you, it, it, it hasn't taken you over the finish line yet. You need more than guilt than like to get to a point where you're going to live a better life just because others aren't living, just because you're living a little bit better than others. And on that note, speaking of perspective, on a funny note, a couple days ago I saw a tweet from Elon Musk with a sarcastic joke saying, oh, things were so much better before the internet and cell phones. And in the background, there were Vikings sacking a city as the people were running, from their li- running from, for their lives as the crazy Vikings were chasing them with axes. Uh, I mean, it was really a good point to make for those who complain that cell phones and social media have destroyed our world. Guys, let me tell you something. Back then and now, things have always been chaotic. That's the way the world works. Yet, no matter how good or how bad things have been, there are always those that find a way to make the best of it. Are those people smarter? Sometimes. Did their parents give them some advantages like a trust fund or an expensive education? Well, sometimes. But not always. There's a lot of people without those advantages that figured out that life really is what you make it. And then they stop complaining and they take action and they create change. Unfortunately, the world has so many sharp corners and rough edges, it's not the easiest thing to shape it in the way that you want it, which brings us to what you can do to improve the quality of your life and your overall happiness. Now, I want you to think about this. If you are going to write the things down that most concern you about the world or your situation, think about this for a second. What would be on your list? Would that list contain global things like the war in Ukraine or Roe versus Wade or inflation or your 401k being cut in half? Or would it, would it be something else terrible that you know the whole world is experiencing? Your list might not contain those bigger things. They might contain things that are a little bit closer to home, like your relationship is struggling, or you don't have enough to make your next house payment, or you've missed a, a lot of opportunities in your life and now it's too late. Like you may be wishing that you have bought Bitcoin back when it was seven bucks and sold it at sixty-five thousand. You might have bought a bunch of Bitcoin at thirty thousand and watched it go to sixty thousand, but didn't sell it. Now you're underwater because it's below twenty thousand. You might be concerned about your kids right now and the fact that you're just not happy in a world that is very difficult right now. Whatever it is, whatever is on your list, ask yourself this question: How much of it can you change? Can you fix the war in Ukraine? I don't think so. But if you can, please let somebody know because that solution would be fantastic. I'm guessing that the person that comes up with that solution can probably solve the Gaza Strip issue as well that's been around forever. So, but probably not. That's probably off the table. You probably can't fix that. Can you fix your relationship? Maybe, but maybe not because relationships take two people. Maybe your spouse has a little bit of a cheating problem or you have a husband with a wandering eye or wandering hands. Can you fix that? Maybe, maybe not. You might be able to forgive that person and they may be able to change their stripes, but maybe not. I think a lot of times when somebody tells you who they are, you got to believe them. Even this, you might not be able to fix because people are generally who they show you they are. What about your finances? Can you fix that? The answer is yes. You could work harder, but 
in this environment, there's only so much you can do because the amount of money you make might not be able to keep up with inflation. You might have a year or six months of some serious struggle. Most people listening to this in the United States you know, actually could go out and get a job. There's a lot of jobs right now. And if you want to work hard and make money, you probably could make a difference to this. But even if you did and you worked harder and you were able to pay those bills that you were behind on, well, would you automatically be happy? I don't think so. Because you'd just be working harder and giving that money to other people. And there it is. See, that's why people are so unhappy. Because they don't feel good. And they don't know why they're working so hard. Like, why it even makes sense to work so hard. And they have limited control over their circumstances. And yet, there is one part of your life that you can completely take control of that changes all of this. And it's your health. And because, fortunately, I guess, because in this one case that prices have gone up so much on food and everything else to help succeed in this area by joining a program like ours, you actually end up making money taking control of your health. I mean, prices are so high right now. Hiring one of our coaches is like investing in a stock that goes up. You actually make money. Currently, our program, I wish it had always been like this. Currently, our program costs less than 35 bucks a month, which is a dollar a day. Well, the average person might save two to three dollars a day on food just because they're eating less while they're losing weight. You can actually make money while you're changing your health and improving your situation. Now that you're eating less food and you're making money from it, you're taking control of this one area of your life that you can control. And before you know it, you start to get thinner and your clothes fit better and you sleep better. In our program, people were required to stay hydrated and exercise. And that also improves the way you feel. So now you're going for a 30-minute walk each day and you're getting some fresh air and some sunlight and your vitamin D stores are where they need to be. Plus, your heart is starting to work like it's supposed to because you're doing some cardio and the fat is disappearing from your body. And even though the world is in chaos, you look in the mirror and you're proud of yourself. When you feel productive and proud, you're happier. Bombs are still dropping in Ukraine, unfortunately. Prices are still out of control. But there you are looking in the mirror because you're proud of yourself. And then you give yourself permission to be happy because instead of complaining about an unfair world, you're doing what you can to improve. And that ends up being enough. Can you imagine if everybody did, did what they could to improve their situation? Everybody would be better off. Now, if we're being honest, most people don't ever figure this out. They stay unhappy their whole lives and blame their problems on others. They hate their jobs, they hate their marriages, and they never have enough money or love. By the time they sort of start understanding that they could have done something about this, they're old, stuck in their ways, and they regret not doing the work to improve themselves. Life ends being unhappy. But the good news is this. It really doesn't matter what has happened, and it doesn't matter how old you are. The moment you start improving yourself from the inside, you're going to feel better. The changes that you want to make to your world do not happen by fixing those problems in the world first. They happen by fixing you first. If you want to get into politics and play a role in influencing decisions that might stop the war or cause our economy to improve, or you know, all of that takes energy and it takes confidence. 
And if you're taking care of your health, you're going to feel better and stronger. And you might be the person who could get into that political arena and influence some of those difficult decisions. If you feel good, you might be able to make a difference for others. If your finances are a mess and your marriage isn't a mess, sure, you might be able to work harder on, you know, and, and work on your marriage even though you feel terrible. But is that really how life works? Do miserable people create happy situations? Well, not in my experience. But if you would understand the improvements that you want to see in your life happen from the inside out, then you'd stop trying to figure everything out at once and put all your effort into your tennis shoes, your gym membership, and some way of tracking your food so that you get control of what you're eating. You work on you and your health first. When you do that, real change can happen. You can turn unhappy to happy. So I want you to close your eyes for a minute, unless you're driving or running on a treadmill. Don't close your eyes then. I suppose or running at all. I want you to clear your head for a moment. I want you to just wipe out any pictures or thoughts that you're having. Just listen to my voice and just imagine this blank chalkboard. It's a black chalkboard. There's nothing written on it. And on the top of it, you write one word, and, or oh, a phrase, and it says, your life. Okay? So there's nothing on there right now. There's no past, no future. There's no regret. There's no accomplishment. There's just nothing. It's just blank. You can do anything you want with your life as far as what's going to happen next. Now you, I want you to imagine all the things that you'd write on that board. If you're starting blank right now and you could just start listing the things that you wanted to do, the things that you were going to do in the future, and they were all there now, and ask yourself this question. If every day I woke up and I was thin and I was healthy and I exercised regularly, so I was sleeping better, and I was eating right, and I was totally in control of my fitness, would those goals be easier to attain? And as I was trying to muster the strength to go after them at the tail end of this pandemic with a world war and at, the world at war and everybody around me acting like lunatics, if I was really healthy, would I be in the best mental and physical shape to influence the world around me? And you know the answer to that is yes. So, I promised you some tools. If you want to see these changes, let me give you some tools that people, I see people use successfully all the time to help you move forward and work towards the goal of being healthy and happy. Step one is to accept that more people are unhappy and hiding from it than you think. I've never seen people this sad and I hate it. I just love it when somebody joins the program because I know that they're going to see changes. So if you are unhappy because life is so challenging, understand that you're not broken and you're not alone. And to be quite honest with you, it, 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 it's difficult for a lot of people to be happy with everything that's going on right now. You're not broken, though. Just as much as you're not broken, you're also not doomed to stay in the place that you're in right now. All we do is help people come out of this depressed, sad state by focusing on the one thing that they can change, the one thing that you can change, your health. And if you really focus on your health, and I mean really make it number one, like even put things off to the side because you're focusing on your health first, you will see that other areas of your life will improve. The past has not written your future yet. 
You can still change that. You can still be happy. Step two, stop trying to do everything at once. At the end of each day, there will be things that don't get done. There will be more things to do at home and at work, and you'll never get the end to the end of your to-do list. So if you're going to accomplish what you want, you have to put the important things first. You don't put the easy things first, and you don't put the hard things first. It doesn't matter if the things that you need to do to get what you want are easy or hard. What matters is what's important. The important things have to get done first. The important things are the things that improve your health each day. That has to be first. If you're going to feel good and improve your situation, you have to get up and do your exercise first thing in the morning. It doesn't matter if you're a morning person. If you want to improve your situation, you have to get up and go for a walk or go to the gym or exercise first thing. This all sets the foundation for the rest of the day. Step three is you have to set some realistic expectations. You're not going to go for one 90-minute uh, walk or, or bike ride and then eat right for the day and then lift heavy one day and then all of a sudden everything's fixed. The world is going to apply resistance against what you're trying to do. It's going to try to push against you and you're going, like, you're just gonna, it's, it's just gonna constantly Feel like as you're trying to get out of this hole that you might think you're in, like you're going to feel that resistance. Understand that and be okay with it. That resistance is there to slow you down and basically trick you to quit sooner than you need to. And you need to accept and be okay with the fact that the changes that you want will not happen overnight. But commit to whatever you're doing anyhow and be consistent. Don't try to exercise really hard for a week. Instead, just do 30 to 60 minutes of vigorous exercise every day, assuming your doctor's cool with that, for 90 days without missing anything. After a couple of weeks of doing that, you'll be amazed at how different your body feels, especially if you're taking control of your food at the same time, and definitely if you're getting some help and some coaching. But it won't happen in a couple days, regardless of how hard you work. So be consistent and let the little successes build on one another until you start feeling better a couple weeks or a month from now. It will happen. But you have to be willing to do the work when you don't feel good for a while at first if you want to feel good and happier later. And fourth, take responsibility for the way you feel. I know it would have been nice if your parents would have left you a trust fund and you didn't have to worry about money stuff. I know it would be nice if your house was paid off. I know it would be nice if you could have a bigger and a nicer house. I know it would be nice if your dog would stop pooping in the middle of the living room floor. I know it would be nice if your job was a little bit more secure and you'd been raised by parents who had taught you to be healthy so you didn't have to worry about all this right now. But as much as those circumstances are all real, like you also have the power to change most of them and you probably haven't yet taking responsibility isn't blaming isn't about blaming yourself it's accepting that you had the power to change it but didn't but also that means that you have the power to change it now and you can see if it's not your fault you can't do anything about it but if it is your fault if it is your responsibility the good and the bad the successes and the mistakes, then you have the power to rewrite the future in whatever shape you want it to be. 
See, our program is all about accountability. And see, that's what we do. We don't sell people magic pills or shakes. We teach them how to eat a little bit better and exercise consistently and hold them accountable to do it long enough so that they get good at it. And once you take responsibility for your past and your future, then you're the one in control. Not the Russians, not the Federal Reserve, and not the people around you that are never willing to pay the price to be happy. You're the one in control, which means you get to make your own happiness. Benjamin Franklin said that the Constitution guarantees all citizens the pursuit of happiness. But he said that doesn't mean you're guaranteed happiness. You're guaranteed the pursuit of happiness. But you have to chase it on your own. So guys, thanks again for listening. I hope this was useful and I hope that you take the steps to make the life that you want because it's all possible. It's not too late for you to get what you want and it's not too late for you to be happy. Feel free to send me a message at Tony, T-O-N-Y, at DeanFast.com to ask any questions or share any of your success stories. Thanks again. Have a great day, guys.